Welcome to Chat, Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast with me, Jordan, JB and Chris Dredd. Indeed. How's it going, brother? This is going to be fun. Oh, yes. This Hype. is number one. This is our first attempt. This will be, like I've already said in our on our Twitter page, we're not taking ourselves very seriously. No. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about retro everything. Retro everything, dude. Retro everything. Whether you like it or whether you don't like it, get to love it. Because it is the best thing going today. <laughs> we're gonna to have a in. lot. Of, we're sorry. gonna have a lot of fun. Uh, there's so many. There's so many wrestling podcasts at the moment, and um, you know, we, we're just trying to be something a little bit different. Just two buddies. Um, it may even sometimes be three buddies or four buddies or whatever. Um, just talking about wrestling, Jay, isn't it? Basically. That's it. It's just it's just a couple of guys who watch wrestling for for, for me thirty years. About the same, dude. You know, watching it from a from a pup, round um, you know, so yeah, round seven eight years old, man. You know, something like that. People Crazy. might think we're stuck in a time warp because we will be watching a lot of this stuff again yeah. and again and again. Yeah, and we are stuck in we are stuck in a time warp, man. We are stuck in a time warp, like um. Sorry, let me just adjust my camera because I felt like I was kind of bending down. But anyway, uh, yeah, we are stuck in a time warp because wrestling was better. We don't want to be one of these podcasts either that bitch and moan about stuff. We will just talk about stuff we love. We'll try not to talk about stuff that we don't like, but it might pop up from time to time. But as I said, whether you like it or you don't like it, get to love it. (laughs) And this is, you know, chat grapple and cheap pops with myself, Chris Dredd and... My main man, Jordan JB. So, what are we talking about today, Jay? It's Survivor Series 1987. Numero uno. It is the first one. It was the year I was born. Crazy times for everyone, I guess. Damn, man. I was five. <laughs> I was five. I was I was just approaching. I knew, I knew who Hulk Hogan and that was um, at that age because it was around the time... You know, when I mean British wrestling was still quite big at that time, but American wrestling, everyone kind of knew who Hulk Hogan and that was around you know late eighties time. Um, so yeah, so what you 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 were born, baby? Yeah, April eighty seven. Damn, um, where it all began. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, we'll kick it off quickly. And I will put up a quick picture. The original lineup. You'll notice that superstar Billy Graham is there. He doesn't make it to the main show. They do say that. They do say that as well. Um, Gorilla Monsoon mentions um, that Ken Patera. Uh, no, it, actually, I swear he says that um, it was Don Morocco. Don Morocco, yeah, stepped yeah. in for him. Um, you can tell that because of the really wild superimposed. Don Morocco next to Paul Lawrence. <laughs> it's not the finest bit of video art, but the Rock, Don Morocco, the original Rock before um, Mr. Maivia, the original Rock, Don Morocco. I've got the uh, VHS here. Uh, yeah, for for reference, I watched the network version. I don't have the VHS of '87. But, but I, 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 but this is actually quite interesting as well. Can maybe. 
you know, I, I don't know how much stuff they cut out of the network stuff, but I do know they cut some stuff out of it. Um, also, just for a pointer, they've kept some stuff in that you might think, why have they kept that in? Um, like Bobby Heenan in WCW saying, what the F to... Um, when Pillman grabs when Pillman went behind him and grabbed him because he had a bad yeah. neck. He's like, what the hell are you doing? And then uh, apologised profusely, but they've left that in. Um, but we won't tell them because we want them to leave it in because it's great. Um, and I'm sure we'll be reviewing that at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, myself and Jordan, um, I know we're starting WWF, peak WWF 87, but we are both fans of WCW. Can I say that, George? You are a, Absolutely. a WCW buff. Yeah, man's, man's got the four horsemen repping. We don't discriminate. We watch ECW. We watch it all, baby. And we, you know. Something for our local friends, British wrestling. Indeed. We, we, we And I tell you what, we will be reviewing British wrestling shows as well. Um, we were thinking, we were talking about the international showdown, weren't we, George? Um, uh, yeah, that's right. Um, you were there, I believe. Um, uh, yeah. Coventry Skydome, um, some big names there. Um, it, was, it was a really good night. I mean, the wrestling was great as well. The only thing that, that I mean, are we swearing? Are we not swearing? Are we family friendly or what? what's going on? I don't think we're going to be that family friendly because some things are pretty shit. Yeah, I did. well, there you go. So, okay, so what pissed me off about but, International Showdown was the size of the ring um, was was tiny. Um, you would have thought they would have paid a bit more money to get a bit of a bigger ring. They had Mick Foley there. They had, you know, AJ Styles. They had um, a, a great, um, I think, f- a four-man tag uh, match with uh, James Ty, yeah, uh, Wonder Kid, Johnny Storm and all that. And the ring was just... Tiny Rockstar Spud, who is now Drake Maverick. This this is how retro we're going. Rockstar Spud. Rockstar, he will always be Spud to me, dude. He's not exactly. Drake Maverick. Get the F out, as you know, the 90s <laughs> WWF said. Get the F out. The, he is not Drake Maverick. He is Rockstar Spud. Um, just another one of these WWF players. Oh, I, I remember when he was just Spud. Spud, yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, dude. When he was scrawny sprud, spud, um, I think he's he, he hit the juice for a while, but we can't blame him. Um, you know. But, OJ, yeah. right? What's that? OJ, the yeah, 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 yeah. The juice, yeah. So, Survivor Series 1987 from the Richfield Coliseum in Ohio, mm-hmm. Cleveland, I think it is. Cleveland, indeed. And... Um, <laughs> It, this just is the, the quick show one that as well. Vince when, threatened when cable it's... companies with. What's that? This is the show that Vince threatened the cable companies that, and he uh, he threatened the cable companies that offered Starcade, NWA Starcade out. He said that if they showed Starcade, which was around the same time, right, might have even been the same night. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Then they wouldn't have been allowed to show WrestleMania four on their. Ah, uh, yeah, because this was hot on the heels of WrestleMania three. And um, Andre the Giant hadn't been anywhere near a ring since WrestleMania 3 and the slam heard around the world. And I would like to do, we'll probably do a review on WrestleMania 3 because there's some really weird stuff that happens in, in WrestleMania 3. Um, one of them is uh, Billy Jack Hayes um, basically I throwing up. I think he might be his own podcast, Billy Jack. Oh, dude. We, 
Billy Jack Hayes, he's, you know, some of the stuff that he comes out with is great. But in uh, WrestleMania 3, he throws up on Hercules Hernandez whilst grabbing him from behind, giving him like a kind of bear hug thing. And he's like grabbing him and then he like pukes up a little bit of froth. Um, that oh, won't be on that. the network, but obviously I've got the VHS, so it's still on you've there. Got, you've got original copy. That's why I watch VHSs. This is why I watch VHSs. Shout out to a group on Facebook as well, um, the VHS um, collectors uh, group on Facebook. Um, shout out to all the, the ladies and gentlemen on there. Um, I'll be posting this on the group as well for everyone to have a watch of this afterwards. But um, yeah, this is why I watch VHS because I don't cut anything out. You've got the originals uh, there and Vince and his editors cannot do any sniffing. I uh, I watched the I briefly watched the primetime episode just before Survivor Series. Uh, just to see the angle where superstar Billy Graham gets written out of the, out of this show, he gets attacked and Don Morocco saves him. That's pretty much the long and short of it. They needed a quick um, fix, right? I'll tell you what we do. <laughs> we do this. Don Morocco is a beast, though, man. Guy's absolutely huge. He's a he's, he's a monster. Absolute monster. I mean, around this time there was a lot of monsters in the WWF, man. I mean, Dino Bravo, absolute beast. Um, you know, you had obviously Andre, one man gang. Um, you know, Hogan was pretty big. Um, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow. You had some big big guys, man. I mean, even. Even the Killer Bees were pretty big, man. Like, you know, the, a lot... the ta- Well, we'll get to the tag team match in this. We'll this get to, yeah, we'll get to the main crazy. event. So, um, well. I, I think it might be... You know, I, I go off on a few tangents and Jordan's there chaining, reining me in just because uh, <laughs> my brain just pops from here to there and everywhere. But, yeah, no, sorry, dude. You, it's why, it's why we love it. It's why <laughs> we love it. It's always fun. <laughs> now, again, this is my network version. The first thing they do is bring out Gorilla and Jesse. And Same. I something I noticed throughout the show is how, like, especially how over someone is, and Jesse is over big time. He's dressed like a clown, but that's Jesse all over. He's got the snake skin on. He's got the snake skin he's, on. He's looking good. And he's um, um he's got the WWF t-shirt on and the snake skin. But he's he's over like mad, and you know it's just something like yeah, when when the when a broadcast journalist, as we like to call them, when are they as over as they were back then? You know, is anyone cheering for Michael Cole these days? Probably not. No, you know, it it but it was a different class, dude. They had a different they they had a different dynamic, man. Like you you'll find when you watch the older pay per views, there was a very set formula to this wrestling. Like it 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 they didn't. They didn't go too far left or right from 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 the path of what it was, and it was it was heels, and it was good guys, and it was pretty much every match. I mean, if you look at the teams in in this pay per view as well, the first Survivor Series, you had teams of heels and you had teams of faces, man, and that was how it was. And even in um, the commentary, they always would have the 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 opposing points of view, and that's what made the um that's what made it interesting that's what made you know for me gorilla and heenan was was the best pairing i think probably ever um and that was um you know he- hearing gorilla will you stop 
you know, all the time. Is a Bobby Heenan, you know, like that was the dynamic, and that was what what made even you know Gorilla and um, you know Jesse the body because Jesse was he was like the heel, you know, he and he was always talking boy. about you know I'll get a, a little quick kick in here and a quick you know he's always siding with the heel team and you know that was the dynamic and it, 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 I don't think they really have that. I think they lost it. Um, I mean, even what do you think? The King and Jr. was probably the last real kind of Healy facey dynamic in the commentary. What do you think? Uh, yeah, because by this time Heenan had sort of would drop in a few heelish comments in on Nitro, but that was it. He wouldn't. I he I, I still think Heenan. I'm a Heenan Mark massively. I love the guy. I I cannot. You know, and we do. We love the guy. He. You know, some of the one-liners and some of the stuff that he just is so absolute cool. gold, absolute gold, and it just goes over a lot of people's heads. But he, him and Mongo McMichael, um, you know, the funniest thing that Mongo ever said, I think, in in, in wrestling history was um, what it was something like a. Uh, Bobby the Stain. He used to call him Bobby the Stain. And I'm 99.9% positive that Bobby Heenan probably told him to call him that. You know, it's one of them ones where he's like, yeah, don't call me Bobby the Brain. Call me like Bobby the Stain or Bobby the Scheme or something like that. You know, just, you know, Bobby, Bobby, we, I'll tell you what we will do. We will review Bobby Heenan's shoot interview from a few years back as well at some point because the the guy for wrestling he's just he he was just I mean rest in peace Bobby Heenan man he, he, you know he he epitomizes what um a wrestling commentator broadcast journalist he even coined that term you know I'm yeah. not a commentator I'm a broadcast journalist you know the this humanoids, is what we are you know we are broadcast journalists you know, um in the vein of Bobby the Brain but it, it, he was he just made it and and to be honest he made this Survivor Series as well. Um, quite a bit you know he, the, he the managers are on the show a lot it's absolutely they're, they're and that is one thing that i think we're missing in wrestling now um good valets good good people getting involved up you know look with, with the character that these guys had you know like um the the mouth of the south jimmy hart was and, and heenan and slick yeah you know and, and these guys they, they win pretty much every single match of this pay-per-view yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he, Heenan and Andre, um, and even even in WCW, uh, 95, 96, when the Giant was there, and they were saying that he was Andre's son, even Heenan still then was selling. I knew this guy's father very well, you know, yeah. and he, he's still selling it, dude. Like, And he says, you know, in order to be believable you've got to believe what you're saying and you've got to believe in what you're doing so when i'm in the ring and i've got andre grabbing a hold of me i've got to sell it like i actually believe he's gonna and um, you know pummel the crap out of me and he's like you know i have to believe it and make it believable because if i don't believe it no one else watching and you know that's what i think i mean we're veering off a little bit but that's why i think wcw underrated heenan because he, he gave his all on the commentary. You know, he would storm off. He would be like, right, I'm going to see backstage what's going on. And he'd just throw his headset down and Shivani would be like, all right, what, what's he doing kind of thing? Like, <laughs> they even did, they they didn't even, you know, they, they thought he was being legit stroppy or whatever, but he was just selling, selling all the time. That's why Heenan's the man. Sorry. Heenan is the man. We, let's get it from episode one. 
Heenan is the man. We will say nothing ever bad. You will never hear any bad word against Bobby the Brain Heenan on this podcast, correct? And that, that is absolutely true. And that it's is the bottom line. Word. Bottom line. This show, I mean, this is this is, I mean, this was the craziest bit. They had to go through the rules of Survivor Series. I, I always assumed everyone knew the rules, but it's uh, yeah. the first. You've got to remember, it's the first one. Everyone, yeah. you know, no one seems to know what's going on. They go for they run through the rules. And then we get to the uh, the interview with uh, Honky Tonk Man's team. Sweet Lord, look into Hercules' eyes. Hercules <laughs> and had his eyes. It, you know, it's crazy. And it's something we, we're going to bring up time and time again from the 80s is, you know, some sort of gimmicks and, you know, drugs and what have you. And wow. Wow. It's, it was... Staring through souls. That was. Through, you know, it, it, it's such a shame. And I, I would like to know, leave in the comments, guys, or, you know, where, where we stand with, you know, commentating on an actual event, you know, having it playing in, in the background, like what you're seeing around us here. Um, you know, c- could we, are we able to do that? You know, because we're not, I mean, we are screening the 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 obviously the the pay-per-view um but you know we're commentating on it we're chatting over it we won't be pausing it but we'll be you know the volume would be very low you know but where do we stand with that could we do that because i mean that that would be a great way to to go through pay-per-views i mean all right it would be like a two-hour uh show (laughs) would people want to hear us for two hours you know with some things man you some shows are just amazing and, and, and they need, I mean, you know, they, that would be absolutely great. You know, watch, watch parties, if you will. I, uh, I chuckled because Gorilla said how, that they were cranked up. Cranked up. They were cranked up and I just thought, you know what? Brilliant. Well done. Yeah. He the, also uh, dropped the line, both teams loaded with electricity, Jess. That's not what they're loaded with, dude. Uh, sorry, Gino. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what they're loaded with. Um, it might seem like electricity, um, but my, it's... My, my notes also mentioned beefcake's eyes. Dude, again, beefcake's eyes were, were like dinner plates. And, um, I mean, we were talking about beefcake um, the other day in his transition to the booty man. And, um, oh, boy, yeah, I remember. His pants, I mean... Brutus Beefcake's pants always had like massive chunks out of them. And some of them literally, he was like bare arsed. Like, you know, he had chunks hanging out and then some like, you know, tights. Yeah, some of those, some of those tights wouldn't have made the watershed, would they? To be no, honest. no. But um, it, the, the boot, that's hence the name, the booty man. I think that's where he, uh, you know, I, oh man, don't because I've been watching a lot of WCW recently, and uh, the Booty Man has just got the uh, the Diamond Doll, but they're calling her they're calling them, her the Booty Babe. Kimberly um, Page, right? The Booty Babe, yeah, da- Dallas Page's um ex misses who apparently nicked all the money off and all this kind of stuff, and the storyline is quite great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, she was hot on that back in the day, but why they put her with the Booty Man? Um, because Beefcake just came in and was. I mean, he he was kind of he was over. Um, yeah. I mean, but yeah, giving giving him the booty, babe, aka the diamond doll. Um, so, on Team Honky, 
We have yep. well, this weird name, Team Hon- Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> Team Honky. Outlaw Ron Bass. Uh, Outlaw Ron Bass. Yeah. Uh, yep. Former referee Danny Davis. We're talking King about Harley Mr. Race. Davis. Yeah. You know, King Harley, King gimmick the Harley Race. I don't know. Geese was already a multiple world champion. Didn't yep. need that. No. And Hercules. And also Heenan and Hart. Let's not forget Heenan and Hart. Yeah, Heenan and Hart at ringside. Yeah. And up against Team Savage with Jake, Jake the Snake. Yep. Beefcake. Broodye! <laughs> As a uh... former IC champ, Ricky Steamo and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yep. Again, my notes here like talk about how the entrance for Savage, how crazy the place goes. Like they must have known that he was going to be champion at some like over the next year or so. Yeah, because I think that the because the main the main storyline with this with this match was uh Honky Tonk pushed Liz yeah. over and uh she fell over and hurt herself or whatever and Macho was like, you know, he pushed Elizabeth and uh, <laughs> and that was the the dynamic going into the match and I think Honky Tonk was the last man in well, we'll get to that anyway, the the finish yeah. or whatever. But yeah, Macho when he when he came out, there was um, yeah, it was popping, baby. It was popping. Now, I have a question. Yeah. Is Brutus Beef is Brutus Beefcake? Uh, is that Ed Leslie's best gimmick? Uh, yes. Yes, I would say, as opposed to, we could count the million. Oh, yeah, other I ones. mean, we. I don't think we have long enough in a show to do all of them. But was he <laughs> at this time? He wasn't the barber, was he? Uh, good question. I don't remember seeing any scissors. It was like a no. Uh, do you know what? No, incorrect. Yes, there was. In yeah. the pre-match interview, he's holding a little pair of scissors, but he didn't it, until the early nineties. Yeah. He didn't bring out the big gimmick scissors. Maybe that's why he had the cuts in his trousers as well. I mean, apart from showing his ass off. Um, the fact that he had scissors, he was a barber. Um, because I'll tell you why it was his best gimmick. Because his his finisher was the sleeper hold, which would put people to sleep, and then he'd cut their hair while they were asleep. Um, and he was super over. He had the barber shop early nineties. Um, he that was his longest running gimmick. Um, I, been, I, yeah. I believe it must must have been really. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say, yeah. I mean, what was his other gimmick then? So we've got the Booty Man. Well, booty no, man. let's go Zodiac. Uh, you've got, yeah, you've got the Butcher. The Butcher. Uh, butcher, Zodiac, Booty Man, Disciple. The Disciple. Uh, not sure where, it, I'm sure we're missing loads. We're here, missing but. probably loads. I mean, my pal said he had like 10 or 15 gimmicks, man, but I think that was like a, a over-exaggeration piss take. But, um, yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean, he's, he's looked after in this in this match as well. He's very well protected before he gets pinned. Like, Beefcake is, you know, clearly flexing his friend Hogan's muscles here and which he did, which he did in WCW as well. True. Um, in in the following years, um, he, I mean, he his his friendship with Hogan, I mean, extended the, his longevity in the business. Oh, kept him kept him in a job for sure. 
but um, don't, don't take that away from Bruce because he was clearly a, a character and had, had he was, a call. And he was he could wrestle, dude, as well. He yeah. he could wrestle. Um, he, he he wasn't necessarily the most exciting worker. He didn't have that wide of a move set, um, you know. But he could work. Um, and with the right opponent, he could get over. I mean, even the booty man, like, you know, he would do that thing where, you know, he would do the kissing the booty and everything like that. So, I mean, he had a bit of charisma and that, you know, but yeah. And and it always makes me laugh with um, Gorilla calls him Brute Eye all the time. Yeah. Brute Eye. Um, it just cracks me up. That's not his name, Gino. Sorry. <laughs> I... I noted how how crazy like again one of the biggest moves of the eighties was the DDT. Jake hooks it on, place goes nuts. Yeah, it's it's incredible that a DDT in eight in the eighties, which probably wouldn't probably wouldn't raise a smile in most fans now. It's it's used as a move to set up a finisher now, which is, is grim. It's but. grim. Um, and you know I heard an interesting um an interesting take that um, the reason why wrestling probably got so crazy is the fact that WWF video games would have people kicking out of finishers. So then it's now reflected in the wrestling where people are now now. kicking out of finishers, you know. But uh, one good thing about this match as well, when Jake uh, hooked in Honky Tonk Man for the DDT... Honky Tonk Man just literally dropped his legs and slid out of it and kind of rolled out. Incredible. I love Honky Tonk Man. A lot of people chat shit about him because of a few views that he's got. And, you know, and I mean, have you watched many of the uh, Honky Tonk Man and. Ah. Uh, uh, the, the 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 shoot interviews that he does with uh, Sean Oliver, kayfabe commentary. Yeah, but what the other wrestler from ECW, black guy. Oh no, I haven't seen him. Uh, who done all the? Ah, oh, what what's his name? And he done it with the Sheik as well. There was one with there was I think there was one where it was uh Ah, oh, was it? And he's got all the scars on his head. He, I don't know why the name is popped up. Huh? No, Abdullah the Butcher. No, no, no. The younger Abu. black. He was in. He was in oh, the, the gangsters. New Jack. New Jack. New Jack. New Jack. So you had like the 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 shoot interviews of New Jack and um, Honky Tonk Man are just are really good. Like you know, and I think they're quite good buddies actually, Honky Tonk Man and uh, and New that, Jack. That sounds like one of the craziest friendships I've ever heard of. Absolutely, and I don't think they started off as friends either. Um, <laughs> I think New Jack just thought he was a, a, a southern racist. Um, but New Jack started in um, in uh, Smoky Mountain. Yeah, with Jim Cornette, yeah. If I, if I remember correctly. Um, and he dropped the M-bomb down in Smoky Mountain and that. And he was like, the, you know, in, in one, of the, one of these promos, and it shocked everyone. He's like, we are not the M-bombs to F with, you know, and just dropped it. And everyone was like, you know, oh, wow, bloody hell. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's clear that up, um Swear words are fine on this show, but we won't be saying N words for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Especially me, man. Jeez. Not a Some chance. Pasty skinny bro. Like, I will not be doing that. I'm sorry. Um so yeah, like honky tonk man was money back in this time. 
He was the Intercontinental Champion at the he's time. Main event, he's main event in the B show. He's, you know, he's hooking in the fans that don't have Hogan on the show. That's right. Because he's a champion. Yeah. And he has to make it believable that he's good, he could lose to whoever he's wrestling that night. And he needs to be a bit of a chicken shit. You know, he needs to yeah. slither out of DDTs and <clears throat> run away from, you know, anyone that's looking because to Because the stipulation, as we were reminded by Jesse the Body um, and um, Gorilla, was every 30 days the title has to be... Uh, he has to, you know, wrestle someone for the title at least every 30 days. That was a stipulation. And they kept selling it like, you know, he, he's got, you know, he's got to protect his body for him possibly, you know, yeah. he doesn't want to lose the title and, you know. Um, Savage's elbow, always going to be a thing of you. Incredible. I've got here, I've just got in on my notes, flying elbow with a heart next to it on my phone. That's it. Yeah. Like, it, I know, everyone knows what I'm talking about. It was amazing. He was being set up. Uh, you know, people would set people up in this match. There, there was one where someone had him on the floor, quick tag, and then literally, as soon as someone touched Macho's hand, he ran across, He before he even got in the ring, he ran across, jumped up, boom, drops the elbow. And it was beautiful. It's... Yeah, Savage is great here. He looks great. It obviously, you know, the next WrestleMania, WrestleMania four, he walks out as champion. So he's being he's being put in for the big spot. You know someone else who's got a really great flying elbow off the top? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I'm sure we'll get to HBK at some point. In the Another next one. Great with the flying event. elbows. Um, in the end, Honky for some reason ends up as a three-on-one. It's weird booking, but then you understand that he's going to do a runner. I think um, that's what the booking was. They they wanted it to look like that they were going to give him a pummeling, and then he literally like had to sliver out and do. A, that's what I've got on my notes as well. Like he he had to do a runner, else. And then there's that in the the post-match interview where you had um, Gorilla and. Uh, the body just saying no. The, the body's like no. He had to do it. He had to do it. He had to protect yeah. himself um, for his title. Uh, a side note on Honky Tonk Man. In one of his, I think it's his kayfabe commentaries shoot with Sean Oliver. He says that he told Vince he wasn't going to get pinned on TV. That was his. That was his only request was not to get beat on TV because then it makes him. You know he loses money. It makes him look bad. All of that stuff. And I suppose Vince. Went along with it for a little while, at least, until SummerSlam in '88, maybe. It's funny when when it's really weird when I think of Honky Tonk Man, I always think of Santino Marella as well. Just I always think of Santino because he had the honker meter. When I, oh, I, I, he did, yeah. did he have the honker meter? When, he when it was it. like he was the Intercontinental Champion and he had the honker meter, and, and when I think of Honky Tonk Man, always think of Santino Morella, which also, may I say, a great talent. I, I think his, that character, people might hate him, um, but I, I genuinely, his promos and stuff were just, I mean, stitches, man. Some of the, you know, the John Chain, you know, it just, <laughs> yeah. 
absolute gold. You know, some of the, you know. Steve Austin. Great stuff. This was really good. Um, the next match is a women's match. It's the first, obviously the first women's Survivor Series match. And there won't be another women's Survivor Series match, elimination match, until 2008. Are you kidding that, me? That's pretty wild. Damn. Like, I mean, that's how, I mean, that was it, though. I mean, that's how they, they disrespected the women's division for years. It was, you know, And this is 87, was, dude, as well. Yeah. 87. So we're talking like 25 it's, years it's, or whatever. Like, 20, oh. yeah, 21 years. That's Damn. Kind of sad. That's kind of sad. But obviously, women's wrestling is something to be proud of now. So, And, and bear in mind also, there was only four matches on this card. Yeah. Four matches. And, uh, and, also, let me say, this women's match, this is 1987, all right? Even the men's wrestling in 1987 was fairly narrow, um, unless you were, you know, specific. Certain guys were a little bit outside the box, but it was very formulaic uh, at times. Um, it was very gimmicky. Um, I mean, you still had the midget wrestling at this time. Um, yeah. Uh, I think was it WrestleMania three where you had the the midget wrestling Bundy, King Kong Bundy, yeah, Bundy and the midgets, yeah, and the midgets and stuff like that, and they always had that that rowing spot. They always had where you had the two two guys with the other two guys' legs. They always had the same spots in them gimmick matches. But oh, um, th- this women's match, um, it, so the wrestling in nineteen eighty seven was like I say, it was. A specific type of wrestling. It was very of that era. Um, the big strong guys, you know, the the power moves and stuff like that. A lot of punching, a lot of chopping. Um, but the two, the the standout workers in this women's match were the jumping bomb angels, um, the Japanese duo who are actually in the Hall of Fame as well. For, for me, Sherry looks really good in this match. Sherry as well. was great. We cannot disrespect Sherry in what rest in peace, Sherry Martel. Another uh, one for me. Just that for is... reference, uh, it's the it's the Glamour Girls, Dawn Marie, not the Dawn Marie from ECW. No. Donna Cristianello and Sherry. Yeah. Against Velvet McIntyre, Rockin' Robin, the Jumping Bomb Angels, and I mean this is going to be a this is a harder topic. Fabulous Moolah. Um, Fabulous Moolah. We'll try and we'll try and skip over it because of her tetchy past. We, I tell you, what, I've never liked Moolah. I never I, liked Moolah. Yeah. You, I, you know, um, I, May Young doing the Bronco Buster on her, um, you know, many a time, you know, before she gets the puppies out, um, great stuff. But Fabulous Moolah, I've never been a fan. I've always been a fan of Sherry Martel. Um, whether she was wrestling, whether she was a valet, she she made she made stars. She she you know when she was with um, Macho Man, she was fantastic. Yeah, uh, when she was with Shawn Michaels, she she kind of created that. Oh, she sang the song. Sang the song, man. She created that persona incredibly. She sold it. Um, Right up until working with Harlem Heat and stuff. And oh, dude, it's absolutely incredible. It's Sherry Martel getting married to the Colonel, or supposedly getting married to the Colonel, and then 
on her wedding day, Alondra Blaze, a.k.a. Medusa, jumping out and beating her up and stuff. She was still... Like I say, Sherry Martel, just an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal talent. Um, shout, shout out to Jesse and Gorilla again for making me chuckle because Jesse calls Moolah beefy. Beefy, yeah. Because, because they announced her weight and uh, he, yeah. he said that that was incorrect and she was looking a little beefy. Yeah, and Gorilla, did, yeah. Gorilla outright called her nasty. Again, like, wouldn't have, wouldn't have noticed it if you were just watching it unless yeah. you knew what Moolah was like. And yeah. I get the feeling Gorilla wasn't reading from a sheet there. He just said she was nasty. She's nasty, Jess. Um, you you pointed this out to me, and I noticed it too. There was a few stiff shots in this match, but also not just from Moolah, right? I the the Glamour Girls, who again was Jimmy Hart's yeah. one of Jimmy Hart's team. They were the tag team champions, and Sherry Martel was the champ at that time. Um, they were, it seemed to me, I mean, like I say, the Jumping Bomb Angels, uh, Norio Tatino uh, and Itsuki Yamazuki, right? Hall of Famers now. They were only in WWF for maybe 10 years, I think, something like that. Um, but they were, for, for this time, watch this match. I mean, hopefully, guys... I mean, we're doing um, a commentary of this. We're not going to... I mean, th- we are giving spoilers, obviously. But what? watch this pay-per-view because these are the pay-per-views that people just take for granted, Jordan, I think, man. Like, you know, yeah, it's done really well. It, it, for its time, it's like 1987, the first ever Survivor Series. We just take for granted that we have... Survivor Series, or I don't even know if they do it anymore. Do they? It's one of them that they've cut. Yeah, they do. They do. They don't have many elimination matches anymore. But they right, do. right. Um, you know, so at this time, you know, 1987, the women's wrestling was very gimmicky as well. If honestly, if I had a quid for every time someone was a woman was brought in, being pulled by her hair over the top rope in this match, I would have a shitload of quids. Um, you know, it would, it is just, is hair pulling legal in, in female matches? Of course not. Of course so not. The amount of hair pulling in this match was phenomenal. We'll put it down to bad refereeing. It was, you know, it was absolutely phenomenal, but there was some legit hair pulling. Um, yeah. Because you, you can see, I mean, Jordan and myself have trained in professional wrestling uh anyone who knows us will know this um, we gave it a shot we gave it a shot um our bodies didn't agree with it we loved every minute of it um but to be up there in professional wrestling you have to literally you have to give everything and you you have to you have to live that life i mean we 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 we've trained in it we loved it we we felt the energy and we 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 know what these guys have gone through um, to a point. Um, and we we know if, if someone's grabbing your hair, yeah, and, and, and pulling you across or doing a pull, you, you've, you know, you, you've got to minimise the, the, how can we say it without killing it too much? Like, you want to somehow minimise the pain of someone pulling you, your yeah, hair. Yeah, if someone's pulling your hair, you're going that way. That's you're it. going that way. Um and there was some legitimate stiff 
stuff going on in this match. Some stiff the, shots. The stuff I saw was from Moolah, but you said that the... Uh, the Glamour Girls. The Glamour Girls the, were laying the, the, in gla- as well. The Glamour Girls, at one point in this match, I feel legitimately were kicking lumps out of the Jumping Bomb Angels. And that was for the reason that they wanted to keep their spot, right? Oh, sure. Um, the Glamour Girls, uh, Leilani Kai and Judy Martin, um, were aging, I think, at that time. And uh, yeah, Tatino and Yamazuki were young. You know, they were young. They were hungry. They were quick. They were bloody good. They were bloody good. What Even at the end of this match, um, Jesse the Body Ventura says, I, even watching these, these women are better than you know, the Dynamite Kid and stuff, like what he was doing at that time. You know, they were absolutely phenomenal for 1987, dude. They were, they were great. Yeah, I I agree. That was, I mean, that was, it was, and they were, they had the fans behind them too. I mean, I'll skip, I don't want to skip in and jib in and out, but Velvet McIntyre pinned Sherry. And yes, she did. She's quite it, a good talent, though, as well. It looks like Velvet hurts herself she at does. some point. She does. She's in a suplex. And then, like, for the rest of the match, she seems like she's either, she's either really good at selling or yeah. she really hurt herself. Yeah. And I, I like thought... In that match, after that suplex, she was struggling. Yeah, I and I thought, actually, that she came in and she had to kind of straighten out the glamour girls after they stiffed the um jumping bomb angels a little bit there's a point in this where i don't know that it might have just been good working but it seemed like the glamour girls weren't letting one of the glamour girls i can't remember who it was wasn't letting one of the angels do a suplex on her and she wasn't she wasn't having it and it was she had she had the the japanese gal uh, Tatino or Yamazuki had her hooked up in the back to do like um, a fisherman's kind of, you know, suplex thing. And um, she just weren't popping. And then she like gave her a couple of knees in the head and it got the grip on a little bit more and then tried to do it. And it was like, yeah, um, you know, a couple of, uh, a, a couple of um, attempts where she attempted to to do it, she they, they weren't doing it. They they kind of um, yeah. yeah they were sti- they were stiffing them. They were not letting them do moves. They were kind of trying to screw them. I I felt I don't know I don't know if there's any kind of interviews with these girls, um, or if there's any any way we can um, nothing that I've seen. But if anyone out there has seen something, please give us a link. Yeah, because I I think legitimately that um, the Glamour Girls were stiffing um, the Jumping Bomb Angels and they were stopping them from doing moves and things like that. And I think at one point, Velvet McIntyre had to come in uh, and basically say to them, look, stop it, basically. Um, I mean, the Angels do get the win in the end and they look look great in getting the win. They were were great. Fantastic. Which kind of makes me wonder why women's wrestling didn't kick on from there. What must have happened for it to sort of like just flatten out a little bit? Um, I I think it was probably the lack of of, of talent. Um, I I mean the for for me the the jumping bomb angels were just just way above 
anybody else in, in the match, really. I mean, um, sensational Sherry aside, who was very good at selling, very good worker. Um, I just don't think the talent was there, dude. I, I just don't yeah. think there was enough in the pool to um, to keep it going. That's fair enough. Like, I mean, I, I don't. I haven't seen any reason as to why. I'm not sure why. But again, women's wrestling doesn't become prominent until the mid '90s in the WWF, anyway. And with your Alundra Blazes, exactly, yeah. And uh, the and your that, the Japanese, Japanese imports, yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm sure we'll get to that one day with the new generation stuff. And dude, one day we will talk about Moolah. Um, I think. Yeah. Um, because there are some dark, I mean, the dark side of the ring, everybody's aware of. Yeah, um, shout out to the guys over at Vice. Did some yeah. great TV show there. I mean, it's an incredible watch. If anyone hasn't seen it, especially in the UK, it's, uh, season one, I think, is on Channel 4 on demand, or four, all four, whatever it's all called. All four, yeah. Um, definitely worth it. We get to the tag team survivor series match which is insane they've got this many people around the ring insane the interview <laughs> was it right so oh sorry can we just go go back over it um th there was one one bit in this women's match as well where um one of the angels was being pinned and she bridged out of it and she got, it was a two count bridged out of it and the bell rung and then the red no no oh, no yes very yeah it was a Obviously, it was a it was a botch of some sort. It was a botch I'm, sure, of some sort. Botch, I'm sure the word botch will hit a lot of our stuff, but, yeah. but it was yeah, it was a it was a really good kick out. It was and it was it was great. It was like a bridge, yeah, a bridge out of a pin is fantastic. Um, but yeah, as you said, sorry, Angels got the win. They looked good in 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 the win, um, and yeah, and then they they were um, Jesse the Body Ventura praised them massively. Yes, he did. Um, he was very, he was very, um, he was putting them over like mad. So, this tag team, this this tag team matches, this Survivor <laughs> Series tag team matches. Oh, it's, it I'm going to try and reel them off. You've got, it was absolute got the dog Islanders. shit as well for me. This match was absolute dog shit. Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Re reel them off, baby. We've got a list, you know. Yeah. I mean, the Islanders, you... who I really liked. But Haku was obviously destined for better things. Uh, Heart Foundation, we'll get to them. Demolition, yep. which is Smash and Axe. Yep. Uh, Dino Bravo, who will get his own podcast one day. Yep. Uh, Greg Hammer Valentine and the Bolsheviks. Yeah, the dream team. The dream team was Bravo and Valentine. Yeah. The Bolsheviks, Nikolai Volkov and uh, Boris Zukov. The massive head of Boris Zukov. But absolutely huge head. Um. Also, the Islanders, yeah, um, Haku and Tama. Um, do you know Tama is actually Rikishi's brother and uh, also the cousin of Roman Reigns? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a dynasty, isn't it? It's an absolute dynasty. Those guys, um, and I mean, even Haku, um, we'll, we may even do our own podcast on him because there are stories that he's probably legitimately one of the toughest guys that the business has ever seen, legitimate. And, like, I mean, I was a huge fan of Haku, even as Ming yep. in WCW. Absolutely. Like, 
I thought I always thought he was underrated in WCW and could have done, could have maybe even had a had a title run with maybe the US title or something. Should have done. Was always, he, you he know, was always seen as a as a mechanical guy. And do you know what he was missing though, dude? He was missing Bobby Brain Heenan. He was missing a mouthpiece. He was missing maybe even though in the Dungeon of Doom when he was Meng, you know, he had, you know, what Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart, you know, or um. What's his name? The the Taskmaster, um, Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan. No, we... <laughs> you know about Kevin Sullivan. Um, There's a, I, I don't think anyone will have the energy after we do one involving Kevin Sullivan dude, and what goes on around that man. When, 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 you know, I know this is about WWF, but WCW, and guys, anyone watching this podcast, I think me and Jordan will always be drawing stuff from WCW because we are huge fans of it and we do watch a huge amount of WCW and did watch a huge amount. Um, Woman, a.k.a. Nancy Sullivan, a.k.a. Nancy Benoit, um, all you can hear is her screaming um, at ringside, just absolutely screaming. That's One thing that sticks with me is like, when you're watching her matches and she's there with Ric Flair, she's absolutely screaming like, Rick, Rick, like just, and then you had Liz at that time as well, who literally said nothing. Um, yeah. yeah, just, just really crazy. But yeah, Meng, sorry. Uh, Haku, Haku Meng, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he, he could have done a lot more, but he needed uh, someone to, like Bobby the Brain Heenan to send. Also him. someone I'm going to mention in this match who I felt never got a fair shake. Um, we'll get to him in a minute. Um, but those guys, they take on Strike Force, who are the tag team champions, Martel and Tito Santana. Yep. Bulldogs, God bless them, Davey and Dynamite Kid. Yeah. The Killer Bees. Uh, yeah, the Killer Bees. I, get, I, I try my best not to be down on any of this stuff when it comes to these podcasts. I won't do it, but I never got the Killer Bees. <laughs> never got it. And Well, we'll get to the ending of this match as well. Exactly. When they went yeah. home on this. Yeah. Um, the Rougeos, who didn't really come into their own until they became the uh, All-American Boys, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. And the uh, the Young Stallions, is it? The Young Stallions, uh, Jimmy Powers Jimmy, and Paul Roma. Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma. And Paul Roma is who I want to talk about. Paul Roma. Paul Roma. I, that man had the look. He had he was good in the ring. He had so much going for him. With the power and, and the glory, it seems, man. It, yeah, and it seems like all he managed to pick up was a tag team title in WCW when he joined the Four Horsemen. Yeah, he did. That's right, Paul Roma. Um, I mean, what, him and Hercules Hernandez as the power and the glory. Um, that was them too, weren't it? Power and the glory. Yeah. Paul Roma and Hercules Hernandez. Um, I thought they were great. I thought they 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 had both had good bodies. Um, both big strong boys. Uh, the only thing I can see about Roma, maybe, because even his talking is fine, is maybe they didn't think he was good on the mic. But Paul Roma, I mean, I feel like that was a missed opportunity. Well, you know what's funny? Companies. You know what's funny? Um, Paul Heyman said that Vince McMahon said, "Don't let, don't let Steve Austin near a mic." When he joined WWF, he said, let Ted DiBiase do the talking for him. Don't let him near a mic. Right. And Heyman was like, 
have you seen like did did you see what he did in WCW? Did you do you ever hear you know like yeah. So so you're they probably did, they right. did in those days people in the WWF didn't watch what was going on in WCW. They didn't know who was who was stars and who weren't. They didn't know who had promise. They would they would sign up whoever they could and just, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't base it on because let's face it, would Kevin Nash have had a job after his run as Oz? Yeah, I know I know you like Vinny Vegas. I like Vinny Vegas, man. I don't know why. <laughs> I probably shouldn't. But um, you no, know, master blaster, this, that, and the other. You know, I, I I thought it was an early Razor Ramon. I thought it was okay. It it, it could have been better, um, but yeah, I mean, it, I I liked it, man. I was young. Come on. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, for me, Killer Bees, I, and I'll put in I'll, the notes. Killer Bees kind of suck. They suck. That's just that's they all suck. I got. I, you know, even the dopey finish in the match, which we'll get to, like, I just, yeah, I just couldn't, couldn't warm to them. I thought, wow, these guys, I mean, trying their hardest. Obviously, it's a gimmick they've been given. Didn't work. No, um, it's, uh, I mean, I, I thought this match overall wasn't very good anyway. Um, it was a lot of hype. The pre-match interview for this was absolutely insane. Um, chaos. It was absolute chaos. You couldn't you couldn't hear what anybody was saying. It was just like everyone was yelling at each other. It was like is. rabble, 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 like South Park. Rabble, 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 rabble in the background, and then you had some one person trying to do the promo, and then or you know yeah. either Heenan, you know, and Fuji was one of the managers in this, and you couldn't see him at the back. Um, all you could see was like his cane, kind of come. And Fuji, one of the greatest managers as well. Um, he had his same gimmick. Mean, Fuji, he... Fuji went later than Heenan, and you know some of those others. He went into like the mid nineties with Yoko and stuff. Bonsai, was... mate, bonsai. Fuji, um, notorious um, prankster as well. Notorious ripper, yeah, yeah. Mister Fuji. Um, I've got here. I've got a spot with Anvil, Jimmy Anvil, just deadlifting Jim Powers because it didn't look like Jim Powers wanted to go up. No. And Anvil just picks him up like it's nothing. Don't. And it, you sort of like you forget, like even with the building, that you forget how strong Jim Neidhart must have been. Oh yeah. Jim Powers was a big guy yeah. and he just picks him up like he's a sack of spuds. He had a good drop kick too. Um, there was um. Someone, someone did a drop kick, a really nice drop kick. Um, Haku did an amazing drop kick, and then tagged in um, Neidhart. And uh, one of the commentators, I can't remember who it was, he said, "Oh, look at him, nearly three hundred pounds, getting up a really high drop kick." Um, he said, "You probably won't see Neidhart do that." Neidhart get obviously is <laughs> tagged in. Does first thing he does, throws him off the ropes and does a really amazing drop kick. And he's like, "Oh, he must have heard me." Um, you know, so it, I mean, Neidhart, he didn't do much in the match. I think he was in twice. Oh, he, uh, yeah, like, like I said, like that's probably why I noticed him pick up Jim Powers like that. He just, like I said, like I was, re- I was quite impressed with that. Um, I noticed the commentators were all over Brett. Wherever Brett was in the ring, Hitman, this, Hitman, hit that. Man, it was. That was set. But, I mean, it, Brett like, was good. He was good in the match. He did his um, you know, his flying to the corner, whack his shoulder into the yeah. corner post gimmick. Um, 
looked legitimately. I mean, do you think that they were? Do you think that they would have known that Brett was special at this point? Um, I think they they knew that um they were going to push the Heart Foundation. Yeah. Um, they were going to push them. They um because I think at WrestleMania. WrestleMania, even they were still together. I mean, what WrestleMania six? Uh, they went up to seven, didn't they? Is it seven? Because I I can't remember when. Yeah, he I think they they lose to the Nasty Boys at seven. So yeah, so even even WrestleMania seven, they were still going. Um, I mean, one one part did stand out in that match where you had Bret Hitman Hart, um, in with Dynamite Kid, and um. Brett was just looks like he was laying it in, but Brett never hurt nobody, man. Legitimately yeah, incredible and worker and just made things look absolutely brutal. Um, but he, he just a phenomenal worker. He looked like he shout was absolutely laying like it in. That. What's that? I said shout out to Brett for working like that. You know he every single everybody, time. Everybody safe. Everyone. You know I'm sure people love working with him. And I think that's why he was slightly salty and pissed off about the whole Goldberg kick to the head yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Because he always said, look, that's not how you work, man. Like, you, you're supposed to make it look absolutely lethal, but everybody's Brett, supposed to Brett go should home. should have been doing all the work on that kick, not Goldberg. What's that? Um, Brett, Brett should have been doing all the work on that kick. You know, Brett could have done that with ease, but... For some reason, mistake was made. Yeah, and that's it. This I I find it hilarious now that Goldberg is is working now in WWE. Yeah, I mean, hell, people can't turn down a payday, can they? No, but 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 this is WWE is smart, man. They're smart, right? Majority of people that are watching the network now, I would say are watching the backlogs, are watching the, the, the back catalogs rather than the new stuff. Oh, absolutely. You know, you watch you watch a new thing once a week on the network and then for the rest of the week, if you're, you know, like me and you, it gets to late at night and you fa- fancy watching some WCW Saturday night from 1992, you know, that's, that's what you end up doing for the rest of the week. You watch the one new show or if there's a pay-per-view or whatever, you watch that, like Money in the Bank. I watch Money in the Bank this week. Did you? No, it's, I think it's on this week. Oh, weekend. you will do, yeah. And after that, once I've watched it, I'll go back to watching Nitro or something or Thunder. You know what? I, or... I didn't even watch WrestleMania. Oh, okay, I did. I didn't watch WrestleMania for the simple fact that um, I, I, I didn't want to. There's no crowd. And it for me... WrestleMania yeah, is all about, you know, we're in the weird time of the global pandemic, and you know, it's things are things are a bit strange at the moment. How can everyone. you have WrestleMania without the WrestleMania weekend all access? Oh yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's something. And I, I, I also heard that. I mean, we also. I watched TNA. I was a huge fan of TNA, um, and I still occasionally watch it. Um, and I th- I heard that the AJ Styles versus The Undertaker match was very similar to the Jeff Hardy versus Matt Hardy full deletion uh, match where they had it on the ranch. 
I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't seen the the ultimate deletion or full deletion or final deletion. Fine, or whatever yeah. It is. Um, I haven't seen it, so I can't. What was really... the Undertaker AJ match like? I, you know what, for a for a spectacle, it's really good. It's good fun. It keeps you involved the whole time. It's it's completely different to Cena and Wyatt. It's <clears throat> like you know, and it's a, it's a version of the Undertaker that people have missed. The dead man. You know. The, yeah, yeah. The the man's rolling. The man rolls in on his bike. He's he's talking. He's cussing. He's you know. It's 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 a version of the Undertaker that we haven't seen for a really long time. I didn't really like the American Badass though. Okay. I I, I uh, for for me. I mean, I, oh, go on. I mean, that was. I mean, that was the version of the Undertaker. He got himself into some like into great shape. He was you know. He was working really well. He was doing some really good stuff with that gimmick. He could talk. He could speak how he wanted to speak. Like you know, instead of this whole you know this monotone dead man thing, he could. But for me, it killed. It killed that gimmick. It killed the Undertaker for me because the Undertaker he was supposed to be didn't feel pain. Was dead yeah. inside. Okay. You know, it was a very 90s gimmick and very comical. Um, and I, I think maybe that's what they wanted to do, wasn't it? Kill that gimmick off and then give him a new lease of life. And Well, yeah, to kill it, you know, I mean, if you kill it, you can bring it back. And I, I, I yeah. did, did he lose at Mania? No, he didn't lose to AJ, no? I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, no, no, he beat AJ. Um, sorry for anyone that hasn't seen it. Yeah, sorry, yeah, man, spoilers. Uh, We'll have to we'll have to put in the description. There are spoilers. For yeah, there are events. spoilers. Um, um, to the let's we'll, to the finish of this uh, this tag team Survivor Series match. Oh, you you can tell how good it was by the fact that we've literally just glossed over it. We've been talking about WCW yeah, um, Saturday Night and flipping WrestleMania, but yeah. Anyway, that's yeah, so good. To the baby face team of the Killer Bees, God help me, uh, put on their masks and do the old switcheroo. And win with a sunset flip. I I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it, it was pants. Um, it, it was it was a heelish finish for a babyface win. Abs. Um, I, you know what? You've literally put the, the. That's exactly what it was. It was a heely finish for a babyface win. And um, I mean, even Jesse the Body said about that after. He's like, oh, they did their old mask switcheroo thing that they yeah. always blimmin' do. Um, yeah, it was awful. It was, yeah. It wasn't a great match. I know that it's funny because the 88 Tag Team Survivor Series match is, like, excellent. Whereas this one, I don't... I, it just seems like it was a little bit mashed together, didn't really work. Yeah, so who, who was in... Who was the second... Who was the other tag team match? It was um, Powers of Pain... I've got the video here <laughs> of the uh, the second Survivor Series. Yeah, this is a. I mean, the, the tag team one on that one is excellent. So you had the Powers of Pain, the Heart Foundation, the British Bulldogs, the Rockers, and the Young Stallions versus Demolition, the Fabulous Rougeos, the Bolsheviks, the Brainbusters, and the Conquistadors. And there we go, the Brainbusters. That's need we say more. There you go, dude. 
Um, my version on the network, I don't know if it did it on your one, it had the Ted DiBiase vignette, including the uh, the clip with the basket, the, the kid playing but uh, bouncing the basketball. No, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, they uh, they played a, uh, like a couple of DBRC uh, vignettes. One where he pays to get everyone kicked out of the public swimming pool, um, and yeah, the one with the kid with the bounce in the basketball where he kicks the ball when the kid's about to get to the. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we had that, and um, and I thought that was that was I thought that was really good. I thought you know it's a nice way to break it up. And then they had they had Gorilla and Jesse just just talking for a bit. Obviously, it was like must have been like the intermission or something. And Jesse, Jesse and Gorilla are just talking. It, it had all the feels of a of a real sort of a sporting event. Yeah, it was like it was back and forth. It was almost like you're watching, you know, two guys at halftime in the football just recapping bits of what they'd just seen and all that. It was it was I thought it was really it was done really well. And and then we get. We get to Honky with an interview where he describes himself as the total entertainment package. And I I just I just started laughing. I thought this is where Lex Luger stole it from. Yeah, the total package. <laughs> yeah, Honky just rambling before he called himself the total entertainment package. I thought that was brilliant. Like and it's I think they uh they did all this because they wanted to just, you know, give as much build to the main event as they could. I mean, it was a, it was a three-hour show, and the VHS is an hour and twenty minutes. It's not. Yeah, because at wow. the beginning he says for the next three hours, and then the VHS is like one twenty. So I don't know what. Was yeah, I can what... see it actually on the uh, on the VHS cover. Yeah, um, yeah, one twenty. So it's like. Each match is roughly about half hour ish, uh, give or take. Um, so yeah, you didn't get the DBRC vignette then. No. So. Oh. They um. They then go to the. Uh, they get. We're going to get to the main event, and it's Team Andre with Ravishing Rick Rude, who blows my mind every time I watch him like the guy just couldn't do any wrong I think in a ring absolutely um, absolutely fantastic talent man Rick Rude one of my all-time favorites but uh, Rude is the smallest guy on this team he's ripped to shreds but he's the smallest guy because the rest of them are monsters you've got yeah. the natural Butch Reed yeah with slick with, that, with slick yeah and they come out to Jive Soul Bro which is just it's funny, yeah. like what a great song that is. <laughs> like, obviously, wouldn't it wouldn't really go down well now, but I find that song hilarious, and it it's just a it's just a it's a different time. Um, King Kong Bundy, the man main event of WrestleMania two, still had a bit of value to him. Bundy's and, great, I, man. Great worker too. I like I like Bundy. Um, and this guy, I call him the original OMG, the one man gang. Yep, yep. You know, before before OMG became something else. Yeah. And um, <laughs> oh, Akeem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Akeem, the African dream. 
um, and it's up. It's, it's Team Hogan. It's Hogan, Bam Bam Bigelow, who's I think pretty freshly into the WWF at this point. Yeah, he's not. He's not done a lot yet. Ken Patera. We'll get to Ken Patera at some point. I'm. I'm not a fan. He had, uh, some, he had some absolutely huge elbow brace on as well. Why put him in the match if he's got to wear that? It was absolutely huge. He looked like the bionic man. Former Olympian, um, though, right? Ken Patera. Yes, that's right. Um, also, he was the one that... I think he was the one that did a bit of jail time as well. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I think Heenan, Heenan mocks him quite a bit across the shows and that, like, about Patera doing some jail time. Right. Um, <laughs> And recently turned face at this point, Paul Orndorff. Ken Hogan trust him was the... Uh, That's correct. They call the him Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> Sorry, WCW reference again. Um, something I noticed, like, again, is, is the pop. It's just, This show's called, it's got pops in the name of it. So, again, I'm going to gonna mention them a lot. Hogan's pop is ridiculous. And, dude, do you it's know what's... Same- it's insane, but Hogan... Absolutely, like, crazy, like, a long, sustained pop of Hogan just doing his thing. Hogan must pose, if I can quote someone else from another podcast. It's, you know, it is it's wild to see how how people reacted to some of these guys and how over some are and how over some aren't. And Hogan is just, it's just mad. The, the pre-match interviews for this, right... Sorry, dude. The the, the pre match well, the pre match interview for this right is it is insane. Okay, um, Andre says more than five words. First of all, um, he tells him to shut up. Right, everyone's all jabber 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 jabber. Yeah, and he goes shut up. <laughs> he goes shut up, and then looks at the camera. and goes Hogan. He goes. Today's Survivor Series and I will survive. <laughs> so he does some cheesy. I mean, you've got to love Andre. Um, but the 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 Hogan interview, right? He nearly headbutts Bam Bam Bigelow and breaks his nose. First of all, um, again they are full of electricity. Um, Hogan seems to be absolutely off the charts. He is bugging out. He is bugging out, man, dude. People, please watch this podcast and watch us break it down, and then please watch this pay per view, right? Because you, some of these things get missed over the years, and this is from 1987. When was the last time any wrestling fan watched Survivor Series one? Yeah, Hogan in this, right? He's wearing like his Hulkamania thing, but it's like a yellow thing, and it's got like the tassels from like your nan's curtains. It's like the little tassels on the. It's incredible, and but he can't, you know, he's shaking him, and he grabs Bam Bam's head, and he's just, yeah, da, da, and he's like doing that, and he's like, da, they're all whacking each other, and Bam Bam, I swear, he gets blooming head-butted on the bridge of the nose, and he's hyping up, and let's not get it twisted. Bam Bam Bigelow, possibly the best big man in the business, I would say. Um, you know. One of, for one sure. Of, what, what, you know, he... Oh, it, it breaks my heart, okay? WrestleMania 11, all right? People don't really rate it as a WrestleMania. 
I thought it was actually quite a good WrestleMania. It's, it's Bam Bam's finest hour. It's fantastic, right? And you have to hold your hand up and say, look, LV in the main event. I mean, and, and let's face it, um, Shawn Michaels was, was not happy. That I think When was he happy in the 90s? He was never happy, but it, it, this is a great WrestleMania for the fact that he drags a photographer. Oh, we need to do with one of these next ones. We will do WrestleMania 11, which for which I also have the VHS. My VHS collection is ridiculous. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if they've cut that out of, on the network either. Shawn Michaels, basically because LV's there around the ring, you know, they had maybe one or two photographers. It yeah. was literally chock a block with photographers. And if I'm not mistaken, it was Shawn Michaels versus Diesel at WrestleMania yeah. 11. Diesel goes in as champion, doesn't he? And basically, Shawn Michaels is, I mean, I say legitimately one of the best workers that there ever was in the ring. You can't really fault what he did in the ring. He was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and he was sliding in and out of the ring to do things with Diesel and whatnot, and all the photographers are in the way, and he gets really pissed off and ends up dragging a photographer halfway across the floor. Um, Bam Bam's finest hour, and what what they made him go through with LV at WrestleMania 11 was just, I think, a bit of a travesty as well. Man. Lawrence Taylor was a huge star, you know, in in New York as you know, in you know, in the NFL, he's a big, you know, he's a big name. He was, you know, flamboyant. He was all of that stuff, but. You know, he he wasn't it wasn't a wrestler. Wasn't a wrestler. He Bam did Bam, like Bam, three Bam was hamstrung from the minute the minute the bell rung. Like Bamba had to throw himself around all over the place to get that match over. He was getting stiff. That's why I say He was getting absolutely stiffed. Um, throughout but that in match. the same in the same way, if you asked Lawrence Taylor to pull his punches, it would have looked hokey. Well, the same, it's the same thing you see with Kevin Green in WCW. And here I am, like, mentioning WCW again. I Kevin was Green, as well. He, um, when, he, when he, you know, steps off, you know, the gridiron to get into a WCW ring, you know, you don't see him pull any punches. He's, he is stiff as a board when he's in board. there. But Absolutely. It, it, the only way it's going to look, look any good. Well, Lawrence Taylor could not stand up after that match with Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. He could not. He was, he was blown gone. the fuck up. He could not move. He could not even. They were having to. You and don't. Um, Mongo was there again. Baby doll. Um, yeah. You know, the, Mongo. <laughs> Mongo McMichael. Because you had the All Star team, and then yeah. you had Bam Bam's team, which is the basically the million dollar camp. Um, yeah. And Bam Bam was stiffed all the way through that match. He was throwing himself around here, there, and everywhere. Um, and in the end of it, Lawrence Taylor couldn't stand. You know, he couldn't. He literally was so blown up. He, he, he looked like I thought he was going to die in the middle of the ring, dude. Um, and I watched WrestleMania 11 frequently um, for that Bam Bam Bigelow match because, and and as as Bam Bam Bigelow carried that match, I think we'll get to this match here, and I feel yeah. he carried this match also um so again like little things that make you chuckle jesse rips on joe morella bless him uh for being the referee and just he he rips on him and like just enough for monsoon for gorilla to squirm because that is his son you know 
like he's like you know come on jess you know <laughs> like he's trying trying his best to like you know get him to ease up on his boy yeah. but, uh, he didn't give um, it the yeah, classic I, will you stop I, things that i've put down here like it's you know rude's the smallest guy on the, that team that team was huge um don morocco can still go in 1987, he, yeah. he can still go. He is, I mean, he's like, again, decent drop kicks from him. He's a big guy. When you see him walking into the ring, and you see him walking down the side, he's got like this jumper on, this blue jumper. And the guy is just wide. He's just a, yeah. just an absolute yeah. monster. And like that was something I noticed that he could go. He could really like, obviously had a bit of, you know, some, some serious energy in him that day. Um. Ken Patera shows a little bit of fire and it's like, and then and then you're bored of him. Bless him. You know, he just doesn't like he didn't he didn't like get anything going. He's just like, you know, he's wearing that giant arm brace and it's like, okay, can someone just eliminate him already? That should have been the excuse to get rid of him. <laughs> like, easy, easy work. But they didn't like it was uh, something I noticed as well in this match. Uh, three guys doing pretty much all the work Bundy one man gang and Bigelow yeah yeah and we've already spoke about Bigelow doing a lot of the work here like it seems like Bigelow's doing a ton of the work in this match because Bigelow got he, he, he got he was in for like the majority of the match oh, he's booked he's booked amazingly in this match like if they tr- if you're you know trying to get someone over this is how you do it and you know Bam Bam is He's booked really well. He's doing, he's you know, doing all his roles, and he's trying to get away, and he's 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 really agile. Like they're showcasing him perfectly. Um, it is Hogan and Andre's first meeting, like first face to face since WrestleMania three, and they tease it quite a bit in the match until it finally happens. Yeah. Um, and then Hogan gets counted out, which you know obviously was it was the build for. The show in the the main the Saturday night's main event where Andre beats Hogan yeah. with that dodgy count. Um, it's decent. It's 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 enough. Like it's you know almost it's a, it's almost like the same sort of system like you're seeing with you know. Well, I'm sure we'll get to it really soon. Hogan and Warrior meeting at the Rumble for like you know a minute. It gives everyone just enough to want to see it at WrestleMania. It's it's really good stuff, and Andre Andre has to be booked well to be seen as another as a, to be seen to be getting another title shot. Yeah, I know they 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 reference that Andre almost pinned Hogan at WrestleMania three with a like where he lands on him and he says, "Oh, it was a three count and all that." And and Bobby brings it up as well in the interview beforehand. It's it's. You know, it's standard, standard, decent booking, and it's you know it helps you build on to the next, you know, the the next pay per view, which well, I think, I, well, it's not the pay per view, but the Saturday night's main event where Hogan and Andre go again, but it's, it's Bigelow standing out, Bigelow yeah. doing a lot of the work, hundred percent. Um, Andre comes in for you know minute amounts of time we everyone knows why everyone knows he's not very mobile he does his like his andre suplex on big low and gets the win but it's a it's a standard 
ending to a WWF show at this point, Hogan posing. Yeah. Hogan just comes out, doesn't sell a thing, which I know you love. I, I, <laughs> we, yeah, we had this conversation. Like, it got to the point for me, even, and we'll go again, we'll go back to WCW, even 95, 96, when he was, when he was in WCW. Yeah. Um, H- Hogan hulking up and no selling stuff just began to annoy me. Um, I, I, you know, it was no selling, just no selling stuff that he should have been battered. You know, there's a few things that annoy me where people no selling Hawk from Legion of Doom, no selling, uh, pile drivers and stuff. Um, but then <laughs> you asked me, what did you ask me earlier? What, what do I think of, uh, ah, yes. Samoans and headbutts. Yeah, they don't I, sell them. I allow that. I allow the no selling <laughs> of headbutts by the Samoans uh, because we were legitimately told that they used to smash coconuts on their heads. Um, so I'm allowing that. I'm allowing that. Okay. That's a, that's a physical we'll thing. Keep, that we'll we, keep that. Yeah, we'll keep that. Um, and possibly the uh, the giant as well. Headbutting the giant. Um, big show. Um, don't do that because his cranium is just absolutely huge and it would probably crack yours if you tried to headbutt him. So there's a few things that I will allow um, to be no-sell. But Hogan, you know, had just been no-selling stuff for too long. And it was just... It's, it's what kept him... Yeah. It's what kept him in the money all those years. But that's why I love Heenan. Because Heenan hated Hulkamania. He, he, hated, he hated him hulking up as well. Hated it, you know, and I, I, I agree, dude. Heenan, Bobby, you're up there, mate. I, I agree, dude, you know. And again, in WCW, he, he legitimately wanted the fall of Hulkamania. Every week on Nitro, it was like, okay, so he survived it again. Hulkamania I, lives again. I'll be honest, when I was four and five, like in like 91, 92, I bought into the whole Hulkamania thing. Me Every too, time dude. he hulked up, I marked out. I'm a, I'm a little kid. Like, I'm loving every minute of it. Yeah. Um, it is it is hokey in 96 and 94, sorry, 95, 94. 95, it is, 96, it is yeah, the magic gone. But then he does, he, he does what he did. He turns heel and he completely reinvents his whole career. It, but that had to happen. Oh, it did. That had to happen. But we have to do I don't a show. Think, I don't think anyone knew it would work on such a scale. Oh, I was explaining to my missus, right, about what happened. No, I know. I know it's probably futile, but she does listen to a point. And I was explaining to her about the, the hill turn that was heard around the world and the amount of crap that was in that ring. Yeah. When he was talking and he, he talked about the, the, the new world order of wrestling, brother. Um, it was, it was just, that was heat, baby. That was, that was, that was real, genius. real heat, real yeah. heat. People were pissed off and he was cussing the fans out. No, he didn't, he didn't have to, he didn't have to say that Florida sucked or anything like that. No, he didn't have to no. resort to the cheap stuff. It was genuine heat, you know. Great. And, fantastic um and we will cover that at some point but yeah like you say the hulking up of hogan um the power of the hulkamaniacs um it became by 95 96 oh it was something something had to change and it it did but i mean this this show survived this survivor series show i mean like i was surprised when rude got pinned clean 
in this show. But you know, he he doesn't. I mean, he works he works a program with Jake and stuff, but he he doesn't enter the title picture until '89, does he? With the Warrior. So I'm sort of uh, I'm allowing that one. I'm like, okay, you know, it's a Survivor Series. People get pinned clean most of the time. I I, I did like Heenan at the beginning of this match. Ladies and gentlemen, and I do use that term loosely, uh, <laughs> Heenan's gold, absolute gold. Um, yeah, I mean, it, so I mean, there there we have it, really. Um, it first... oh, it's, it's it's a it's a highly recommended show, and I'm sure I'm sure most of them will be because we're like you know we said at the beginning we're not here to dog on anything. No, we will say things that there are things that we don't like. You know, like the killer bees, or of course. you know, silly things like that. You know, that aren't to our taste. But you're not going to see us sit here and just say, you know what, everything sucks. It's not going to be no. When we review, review shows, it's not going to be an hour and a half of us saying this was shit, that was shit, this was you know sucked. It, we we are. You know, we like wrestling. You know, we love wrestling. Yeah, we, you know, we, we're going to point out, you know, what we liked about it. And we're going to go into depth, depth about this character and that character and what they did out of WWF and did here and did there. And, you know, it's, a, it's just a nice overview and also some nice little veering off here, there and everywhere about the surrounding um, we're gonna we're gonna veer off. It's gonna happen. You know, it's it's natural. I think you have to. I think you have to put things into perspective, and you have to look at when you look at a character like Bam Bam Bigelow or Rick Rude or One Man Gang or whoever. You've got to mention what they did elsewhere, and you know, the, the guys who had such long, excellent careers. You can't help but talk about. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and Heenan's one of those, you know, he was all over this pay-per-view. So we're going to mention things he's done it's in the, WCW. It's a great way to look back. It's not, sometimes it can be a little bit sad for everyone as well. It can be sad for us because a lot of these guys aren't around, you know, anymore. Yeah. It's, you know, you could, you could look at the main events and like in some of these other, like some of these matches, a lot of people aren't around, a lot of them gone. 90%, way too soon. 90% of them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of these, uh, these older pay-per-views. I mean, I always get sad when I see Mr. Perfect, um, Rick Rude. Um, yeah. You know, the, you know, gone way before their time. Um, they should really still be here today. Uh, guys like, and even Sherry Martel, um, you know, they should be here still. And Bam Bam Bigelow as well. Gone. That's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's occasionally going to be a little bit on a downward note, but that's why we watch them. That's why we watch them, to relive this. And we thank every single guy that has ever stepped into the ring, to be honest. Uh, we thank them for the memories and uh, for what they, they put. Because I, I don't think a lot of fans, and th this is also my last point probably as well, um, a lot of these smart marks um, that do the podcast and they say this is shit, that is shit, they cuss everything. They've never taken a bump. Um, they've never been in a ring. They've never taken a stiff shot. They've never even run ropes, dude. The first time I ran ropes, yeah. Um, you know when we've got when we've been in the ring together, dude. You know, like. Even running ropes, that shit hurts, man. You know, you go home with welts all across your back the first time. You know, 
the, a lot of people that cuss and say, oh, this wasn't good, that wasn't good, oh, they were not very good, and blah, blah, blah. They, they, they don't, they've never even been in a ring, you know, and they're looking at it from the completely wrong point of view. So, you know, we like to have a broad overview of it and just appreciate what these guys do, you know, and these guys are literally like superheroes made of steel, man. Some of the stuff that they put their bodies through and the amount of years, it's no wonder a lot of them aren't here, man, because... The wrestling business is a hard business. And even Brock Lesnar said the wrestling business is tougher than MMA on your body. A hundred percent. It's um, that's true. It is. It's uh, it's night after night for them. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, like I'm, you know, we've never seen me taking anything away from any MMA or boxing or anything like that. No, you know, these no, guys 100%. Step in and they, you know, they train hard and it's it's a long slog for some of them you know absolutely it's it's you know it should be it should be seen somewhere in in an equal aspect you know it's it's so it's so tough on everybody's like on everybody's bodies everybody's lives and it's it's rough that's right you know i know personally i had injections in my spine probably due to other things as well as wrestling but that's you know that's the nature of it. That's right. And we've uh, we've done we've we tried. We gave it our best. Yeah, we came. We saw. We didn't conquer, but <laughs> we had a damn good laugh. And I tell you what, dude, the friends I've made when I when I was when we were training together and wrestling. I mean, you and I. I mean. And our other uh, mutual friend, Gilbert, as well. We were talking, I was talking to G-Man, um, Big Up G-Man, the other day. And, um, you know, we've known each other for, like, you know, 10 years, dude. Long, longer, years like now, 13 yeah. years. You know, like, when when were we when were we wrestling, dude? Like, you know, think about the year, you know. We're, the friends I've made in wrestling, we've become really good friends, you know. And, uh uh, you know, what once you've had your your ball sack on another man's neck, or vice versa, I mean, you become friends pretty damn quick. You There's know, a bond. There's a bond for sure. It's a bond, man. You know, so uh, um, and that's probably a good place to leave it. Actually, uh, yeah, uh, would yeah, we'll leave it on ball sacks. That's, on uh... ball sacks on necks. So um, yeah, dude, it's been a blast, man. I've really enjoyed it. Um, let uh, let's quickly jump like, just plug the Twitter. Um, yeah, it did. It's just it's sort of really just gone live today. Um, at chat grapple pops, all one word. Yeah, you know if you need us to spell it, you know I'm sure we'll put it on the on somewhere. That's you know, right, dude. And the, even if YouTube you type channel. in um chat grapple and cheat pops podcast on Twitter, you'll still find us. But the at is actually at um chat grapple pops. Yes, um on the Twitter, um. The YouTube channel, you know, chat grapple, chat grapple and cheat pops. Now, Chris is Chris is the technical guy. He'll know when this. You'll know when when's this show going on. This show can probably go up tonight, man. Um, you know, a lot of people are chilling. It is VE day, bank holiday, Friday. Um, so you know, maybe we'll give it a watch and and see what's happening, and then we can bang it up tonight, man, or maybe first thing tomorrow morning, or whatever. So it will be definitely up. ASAP, and we'll we'll do we'll go again. We'll pick it. We'll pick another show. Yep, yep. Um, and we'll 
um, we haven't really spoke about it yet. I'm sure we'll, we've got ideas for what shows we're going to want to watch. But, yeah, yeah. And if, you know, if only 10 people watch this, then thank you to those 10 people that watched it. Yeah, yeah. And also, those 10 people that did watch it, go now and watch the first annual Survivor Series. Yeah? Go and watch it now. Tell 1987. Tell us on Twitter that you've watched it and we'll give you a shout out. Yeah, dude. 100%. So, Jordan, dude, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Um, Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know, it is... We're, we're doing this and we're going to keep doing it, Jay, aren't we? We're going to keep just doing it because we love it. Cranking them out because we love it. So, uh, from me, Christoph, and uh, from the man, JB. No, JB. Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast, numero uno, Survivor Series, the first annual, 1987. Yeah? Thanks for Take joining care, guys. us, guys. Thank you. Thanks for watching, and we will see you very soon. Peace. Bye-bye.